Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Community of Culture, the Hispanic Perspective. I'm your host, Otis Evergal, and with me today, I have... Uh, Kisan Ramirez. I'm the sports editor at the University Star. I'm Olivia Garcia. I'm an opinions columnist at the University Star. Nicole Barrios. I'm the assistant news editor at the University Star. Hola, mi nombre es Reynaldo Leanos Jr., and I'm the news director at KTSW 89.9. And some people might actually critique the way I just introduced myself. Oh, giving us a little Latino flavor there. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, I'm not mad at you. Uh, you know, that's that's what we're here for, we're, uh, it's perspective. I thought it'd be apropos that we do something like this for Hispanic Heritage Month. And, and, and Ray's gonna kind of lead us in a, I mean, Ray had a great segue into the first discussion that we're gonna have, and, and it's really the disconnect between the generations, I feel like. Um, you know, in our, in our pre-meetings planning for this, Olivia, we talked about how you know, there, there's a generational gap, whether it's speaking it, whether it's serving someone, whether it's living somewhere or how you're living or, you know, who you're supposed to answer to. You know, we kind of talked about that. So I kind of want you to kind of lead off the discussion and, and, and kind of tell people what we've been talking about behind the scenes. Right. Well, my great grandma actually raised me on Spanish uh, from newborn to five years old. Uh, that was my first language. But once I entered school, it was shocking to me that the teachers and the principals and the administrators would scold students for speaking Spanish in class or in the halls with each other. So um, it was it definitely gave me a disconnect. I, I just completely discarded Spanish. And um, now it's not even a second language to me anymore. And I cannot be as connected to my great grandma as I am uh, or as I was. And um, it's just it's really mind-boggling how the system school system especially in my border town told me not to speak Spanish that's kind of a thing that you know I kind of with her I felt the same thing uh Spanish was my first language and I spoke it till I was about five uh, I did some little uh bilingual classes but it was very very minimal stuff and they really kind of just kind of beat it out of me eventually and by like second and third grade I kind of already forgot what I knew so as it went on, Spanish became less and less and less a part of me. And as of right now, I mean, there's, I don't speak Spanish at all. Uh, I can understand it, but it really, it's really hard for me to identify with my grandma who only speaks Spanish, identify with my grandpa who only speaks Spanish. So it's, when we have family gathering, it's, it's difficult. And we kind of have to, you know, kind of pantomime things and kind of go, okay, this is what I mean. And we have to have broken Spanish. And it's just, the conversations aren't as good as they should be. And it's, it's unfortunate because it affects me when I, I just don't know my grandparents as well as they should. Yeah, and I guess kind of going off that also, I mean, I had the same um, experience as well. And what border town are you from? Brownsville. Okay, yeah, I'm from the Valley as well. I'm from, like, La Jolla, so um, I grew up there. And same same thing with me, like, growing up, my parents would speak Spanish in the house. So I grew that was actually, like, my first language. But, I mean, going into school and stuff, like, I kind of just, the focus was just focusing on English and, like, learning that. And, like, even, like, now it's kind of hard for me to, like, learn or to, like, speak Spanish. So the way, the reason why I kind of, like, said that at the very beginning is because um, I guess people will call it, like, almost Tex-Mex. Or I have an accent when I speak Spanish, according to some people. So even when I, um, like, try to speak it, like, I almost feel judged, I guess. Yeah. You know, do you, do you all feel that from, um, in talking, like, relatives or anything like that? Definitely, I do. Uh, my first job in my hometown, I got 
yelled at by a Mexican woman from across the border for not knowing Spanish. And um, I got reported to my boss. And it, I was just like, okay, my entire life I was taught to disregard Spanish. But now when I go into the job market, and it's ironic how the job market looks for bilinguals, um, I was inadequate for that. So, Yeah, and I know you all... Um been raised by Hispanic families, but I am an interracial kid. Um, I'm half white, um, predominantly Irish on my mother's side, and half Hispanic on my father's side. And so I was raised by my white mother and, and our family, and um, no one in my family speaks Spanish because <laughs> I don't know my Hispanic relatives. So I think that kind of creates a disconnect with me and a lot of people look at me and they think I speak Spanish like you know they your family expects you all to speak Spanish and um, I'm so, like sorry I can't it wasn't my culture it wasn't my you know my heritage even though technically I am Hispanic and I think I wish that schools did put more focus on it because then I could have learned it when I grew up no, that's a great point that you bring up, uh, yeah. being an interracial kid. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of Hispanics that I've known are very traditional. And with tradition comes marrying within the culture. Uh, you know, Nicole, you said that your mother is white Irish. Yes. And, you know, your dad is very Hispanic. So, you know, how is it, you know, visiting grandparents? Or how is it when you tell people their reaction, especially in the Hispanic community? And for the rest of you guys, who, who do you know that has a problem with, you know, the way the world is right now with the more interracial things that are going on and Hispanics kind of bridging the gap with other cultures and other races? Well, um, I guess being, yeah, being an interracial kid growing up was, at first it was something that I didn't really recognize because I guess, you know, we all grow up and we're, we're quote-unquote colorblind because um, children aren't learned to see races until they're taught by, like, older generations. And so... Um, first thing I guess that I remember is that all my cousins are, are white and so they they would look at me and they would um, we would compare each other and they'd look at my arms and say why are your arms so hairy and I'd be like well you know I'm you know I'm half I'm half Mexican <laughs> and and I kind of had to explain that to them and then that kind of made me start to see our differences and um, growing up I later realized that my white grandparents are um, a bit racist and so being with them um, as a child, I didn't really pick that up. But as I grew up, I did notice things. And when we were, you know, out shopping, they would make comments. Or when we discussed, you know, my father, they would make comments. And um, and that's something that's been really hard to deal with because, you know, it's your family and you want to love them. But <laughs> some people just don't accept you for, for who you are. And so, you know, race relations and that sort of thing is like a touchy topic, but it's you know, it's out there, it's there, and you can't ignore it, so. And for me, I guess when you look at my family, it's everyone from my uncles, both sides of my family, uh, grandparents, they're just, it's Mexican and a Mexican. It's very, I don't know, for some reason, it's just turned into that. I don't think it's a conscious thing to do that. I don't think they're opposed to, you know, marrying a black person, marrying a white person, marrying an Asian. But for some reason, I feel like it hasn't happened in my family, at least. I don't know if that's indicative of everything else. But uh, it might be because possibly I think our culture is really binding. And if you're inside that culture, you kind of get it. And you kind of understand that, you know, we kind of have the same values, the same morals. And I think maybe that explains why my family has, for the most part, been, you know, Mexican and a Mexican. And I, I think the divide in, within my family isn't so big. But, like, for me especially, it's, it's different because I don't know the language. I'm pretty much one of the only people in my family, which is, which is sad and unfortunate, that really doesn't know the language. And as Nicole said, it 
it comes down to the school system. I've tried to pick it up, but they don't really do an adequate job at you know enforcing the rules and trying to get you to actually learn the language. It's kind of a cursory thing on the side that's just like, hey, just get this grade and then move on. Yeah. So I think that that's a big deal for that. Um, I guess for me, like um, the conversation of marrying outside of the culture, I don't think it's ever really brought up or it's something that we've actually discussed. I mean, like I said, I'm from like a border town also. And the high school that I went to is a 5A high school. And like my whole entire high school was Hispanic. Like we didn't have like a, a white kid. We didn't have like we didn't have diversity basically in my high school. And I think because of that, I don't know that the conversation just hasn't really brought up. So I don't know. We've never really talked about it, I guess. But I, I want to say that I don't think they'd have a problem with it. But that's just based off assumption. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, my two sisters actually married uh, white men and um, both Marines, and they're really, uh, they're great. They're great with our family. They're, they're, we were really accepting, you know, we, my parents raised me, no stereotypes, no nothing, everyone's equal, and we accepted them, and they're part of our family, and we, I have two nephews that are all white, and, you know, they don't look anything like me or my family, but, hey, they're our blood, and that's what we know, and um, I'm just really happy that my family was able to do that. That's good. That kind of that kind of leads me to the next thing, Kisum. You know, one thing that we've talked about is religion. Um, you know, a lot of my Hispanic, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my Hispanic friends, uh, it's Catholicism. You know, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of them are Catholics. You know, I don't ever want to stereotype or generalize or anything like that, but I think you guys agree with me for the most part. Um, you know, Catholicism is big in the Hispanic culture, but Kisum here, you know, he feels that. The, the Catholic faith well, kind of has pushed him um, away outside from of it, yeah. outside of it because of the pressure from his family. And, I, you know, the kind of question that I want to ask you guys is, you know, are you guys pressured to be Catholics? Are you pressured to be very religious in the culture that you're in today? Or is it something that you're just kind of like, you know, I, I've kind of like you talked about with the marriage thing, kind of grown up with it. So I don't really think too much about it mm-hmm. from from my experience. Uh, it's Catholic all the way. My mom, my grandparents, it's like you go to church at noon or you go to church at 10 and you just you do the sacraments, you get first communion, uh, you get confirmed, you do everything in between. And it's a really big deal. It's pretty much one of the central parts of at least my family. And as I grew up, I, I did everything I told. I went to Sunday school, I went to church, I did everything. And as I grew up and I started you know, finding who I am and who I was, I started realizing that I didn't really necessarily agree. I won't go into specifics, but uh, I didn't necessarily agree with kind of the, you know, the culture. So I kind of distanced myself. And it was, it was hard for me and my mom really, really close uh, to you know, get past that because of everything she's really strong about. She's really strong about uh, Catholic. And it, it was hard, but we've got over it. But it's like, it's still kind of a thing. I'm not necessarily saying I'm not gonna be Catholic in the future. It's just at this point in time, I'm kind of like, you know, assessing it and seeing, okay, is this really for me? Is this really what I believe in? Because I don't want to, you know, be uh, a person that just doesn't feel really strongly about it. And that's, that's kind of my stance. Right. No, I understand. And that's good that you're evaluating your, you know, your position now. Um, I think with my family, you know, my mom being like mostly Irish and then my dad being Hispanic, it was like, you know, no question, I'm Catholic. <laughs> um, and the majority of my Hispanic friends are Catholic. I do have a few Baptist um, friends and one Jehovah Witness that's Catholic. Um, sorry, that's Hispanic. And um, But yeah, I think with my family, I don't know, even though both sides were like, yes, Catholic, they never pressured me. And um, that's something that I really do appreciate because it was always, 
you know, here is our faith, and we want to share our faith with you, but, you know, we're going to raise you on it, but once you're old enough, you get to decide. And so before I was confirmed, I went through the process, and, you know, you do a discernment, and you think, is this what I want for my life? And they, they let me make that choice. And so I really do appreciate that about my family, is that I didn't feel pressure, but I do understand how, like, the Hispanic culture would pressure you. So... And it, it, I, I was pressured too. Um, it, I mean, I was pressured, um, and I was allowed to make this decision eventually. Yeah. But it was it was kind of a really a daily struggle. Like, why aren't you doing this? Why yeah. aren't you doing that? And I was just like, you know, mom, I just I don't know. It's just something. So I just can't like I can't do this. And it, it took a, it took years. It took like five six years to finally get, you know get past this whole thing. Um, and I still have that decision possible in the future. It's not like I'm completely locked myself out. Yeah. But I did have that pressure, and that pressure I feel like really led to this. Because if I had a different approach, and maybe it was just like, hey, we'll share it with you. No, for me it was like, no, you need to do this. You are gonna do this. And for 15, 14 years, I did. So mm-hmm. after that, I was like, you know, I don't really enjoy this, or I don't really feel strongly about it. And that's kind of why I'm where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that way too? Um, Actually, mine's a little bit of both. Uh, I was pressured a little bit, you know, growing up, being young. Um, But then once I got older and I was able to make my confirmation, that's when my parents were able to reason with me, tell me about the culture, tell me about Catholicism. And um, it kind of just... It's like I identify with it. You know, it it makes me identify with my family. And so that's why I'm more connected to Catholicism than anything I I believe is it's a a family thing. It it helps me think about that. For sure. And for me, I guess, I mean, if I had to, like, um, label, I guess, what religion, like, identify with, I guess I would be, like, Catholic. I mean, that's really, like, all I've known, I guess, you know. But my I guess my church story is a little bit different because um, growing up, I went to I would go to church like every Sunday my parents it was it was a routine in the family and the the mass or the service was was in Spanish and after a while I mean like I said earlier like I practiced Sp- Spanish in the house for a while and then as I got older like I spoke more English so that's all the church service was in was in Spanish so I didn't really understand it I, I didn't like being there so I, I just like wonder like what my experience like with church would have been if I understood the language like maybe I would have felt differently about it but I, d- I did feel some I did feel pressure you know what I mean to to just be Catholic basically um yeah you know something something that you guys keep bringing up and I, I know we talked about this a little bit was speaking Spanish you ever feel like when you're not the one that is able to speak Spanish you're the outsider yeah definitely yes why, why do you why do you feel like you're the outsider well, you know, if you're in a room full of people speaking one language and you don't know it, you obviously feel out of place. And, um, you know, there's jokes, there's, you know, little things going on between my family that they'll say in Spanish or I'll hear in Spanish or with my boyfriend's family, you know, they're predominantly speak Spanish and um, they do communicate, me, uh, communicate with me in English. But um, I just I just feel left out. You know, I just I can't speak it back to them. That's the only thing I I can understand some phrases, but it, it kind of just gets to me more that I can't, you know, joke with them or speak it back. So, work with me here. Is there a certain kind of shame that you guys feel when you're not able to speak the language? Or is it, you know, just uncomfortableness? Is it, you know, whatever? Because I, I think when people are around their family, you know, my parents are Nigerian and, and they speak their language. I understand, but I can't speak it. But when we're around certain family members, and I can relate with this, it's like, 
man, I, I feel like I dropped the ball in learning this language. Because to me, it's really cool. Uh, I don't know how. It's my language. It's my <laughs> culture. But it's really cool. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of ashamed that I don't know how to speak this like the rest of my cousins or the rest of my family members. I, uh, for me especially, uh, I'm hit with the double whammy. I'm not really a part of the religion, and I don't speak the language. So it's really like... I'm really distant from my family. I'm really close to my like immediate family, but my grandparents um, that speak only Spanish, it's hard for me. And uh, I'll bring up the example of my uh, grandpa, huge Los Angeles Dodgers fan. I'm a huge sport, uh, sports fan. And when we talk about it, it's like, LS muy good. Like it's really a shame that I can't like you know be as intelligent as I am in English as I am in Spanish, and I know what to say. I just don't know how to say it to him, and it's vice versa. Like he knows what to say. Like he feels really strongly about his team, but he can't say it to me. So it would be, it's unfortunate because I I don't have that bonding experience because I know for a fact if I spoke the language we'd be a lot closer, and. It, I feel I feel very ashamed every time I hang with my family. When I'm not, I just kind of forget that I don't know language. But I'm in that family setting. I see everyone talking, and I'm like, wow. I just I, I feel really guilty because I'm the oldest uh, cousin of my family too. So I'm looked at, and they're like, why can't you speak this language? And I'm like, uh, I kind of shrug and go, I'm I'm sorry. And it's yeah, it's not it's not fun. For and I sure. imagine for Nicole, it's a little different. Yes, yeah, because. I guess I don't have the same, you know, hardship as you because your family. Not, hard, not hardship. Well, you know, struggle. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. Hardship's a little. Okay. <laughs> a little no, much. But <laughs> your family is, you know, mostly Hispanic. But, but like I said, um, my family that that I that I speak with is is it's my white family, and so um, it was never that big of a deal, like with my family. But when we're, you know, in a situation or somewhere like in public maybe at a store and you know there's a cashier and a shopper and the shopper may be hispanic and the cashier looks at me and she's like well can you speak spanish to her and i'm like um no i'm sorry like just because i look hispanic it doesn't mean i can speak spanish and like it kind of it's like that thing where you're supposed to just automatically know spanish because you look it's like the expectation yeah it's the expectation <laughs> and um and most of my best friends are um hispanic my two best friends, they're from, like, actually born in Cuba and um, Peru. And so I go to their family house parties, and, um, you know, all the Cubans know Spanish, and they have the fantastic dancing and the fantastic food, and they're all speaking Spanish. And, and my mom and I are kind of in the corner, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't really know what you're saying, but we want to, like, be a part of it. And um, so, you know, my best friend has to translate. I'm sure you all, you know, are used to other family members translating for you, and it's kind of like I want to be a part of the conversation and say more than like hola como estas like that's all I can do you know but it's like you want to because they expect you to but yeah and you kind of fall one short live, like one thing about Spanish too just to add a little bit before we go into something else is uh it's a very lively language like if you hear it, it's very fast it's very emotional yeah. and it makes me even more like wow why can't I be a part of it, it sounds really fun the conversations sound interesting like you could say anything and in Spanish it just sounds way better and for that reason it's like wow it just sounds like we're having a good time especially when we're just as a family and that's another reason why it's just like okay I'm just way out here just speaking English you know doing my thing and that's yeah. even more to it so I don't know if Ray had anything to I don't know, not not much. I don't have much to say about that. I mean, it pretty much sums it up. Um, I've had pretty much the same experiences as well. I mean, I would classify it to an extent like certain shame almost. And like Nicole was saying, it's like not only that the Hispanic community puts like that expectation on you, but like other people almost from like other races bring in that also. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, and that, uh, that was great that you brought that up because I was going to say, you know, it, 
now the flip side of it is I'm guilty of it too. If I saw Nicole, I'm like, Hola, como estas? You know, <laughs> like they, you know, we're gonna have. But how frustrating is it to just for for people to just assume that you know you're brown skin or you look a certain way or you're hairy or you're yeah. you know or you're short or you're no, you know it's you're, true. It's you, true. Have a, you have a not, you know you have a little bit more of a tan than others olivia mm-hmm. uh i know she's part spanish so she didn't have as much of a tan mm-hmm. which is okay um, you know <laughs> but how frustrating is it for you guys to, to, to always commonly deal with that and i know we're going to talk about stereotypes and later but yeah. the frustration level of that that's really frustrating and especially because i grew up you know, almost white. And so I feel like, you know, I look one way on the outside, but I'm one way on the inside and people don't understand that. And um, a couple summers ago, I was actually working, um, cleaning for a church that my friend goes to. And um, I was, you know, cleaning the windows because it was my job. And, um, you know, I was I was proud of it. And uh, some <laughs> a homeless man came into the church looking for the pastor. And, and he comes up to me and he looks at me and he says, oh, hey, uh, can you speak English? Uh, and then he said, the pastor. And <laughs> and I'm like, um, yes, sir, I do speak English. And the pastor is right through here. I'll take you to him. And, and he kind of looks surprised. And um, it's just to be judged by, you know, a homeless person who thinks that I am some cleaning woman, you know, can't speak English. It's just, it's very frustrating. And I don't know, it's just frustrating. <laughs> um, I can, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I studied abroad last summer in Peru, and the I I think I was like one of the only like Hispanics that that went on that study abroad trip. So everyone else was like, what I guess like like an American, I guess you know what people yeah. perceive to be an American. So when I was like touring like the city and stuff in Lima, um, there's people that came up to us, some Peruvians, and they thought like I was their tour guide, showing them around. <laughs> So, I mean, they, they not for a second did they ever consider or, like, thought that I might be, like, American and stuff. So, I was like, that was an interesting thing that happened. Right. Uh, like you said, Otis, I have a lighter skin, so I don't really uh, get that often. But when I did live in my border town uh, my entire life, it there was actually a double, double standard. Um, just because I looked a little bit Latina, I had the black hair, you know, the brown eyes. Um I was expected to know Spanish and it was strange because it was actually more from the older generation that I was expected to speak Spanish than the younger generation. You know, like at my job, um, that older woman from Mexico yelled at me for not knowing Spanish, but you know, there would be younger generations, probably like in the twenties, 30 age, they would come and they would talk to me in English as best as they could, you know, not me the other way around trying to talk to them in Spanish as best as I could. So there's definitely a gap, I think, between uh, generations that the older generation knows Spanish, like hands down, they know it, you know, but I feel like a young, our younger generation is kind of starting to disconnect from that. To me, uh, Every conversation when I say my name, it's like, hey, I'm Kisan, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, it always starts, and it, for me, it's really weird. I don't get the Mexican thing. I get, are you Muslim? Are you Indian? Are you this? I n- rarely, if ever, do they pinpoint that I'm a Mexican. And when I say I am, it's like, whoa, you are? So that's, it's, it's just different for me. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I get, think it's a combination of my name, Kisam. It's hard to spell, kind of. They think, oh, maybe it's some like Arabic thing. <laughs> like they, they try to decode it. Yeah. And, and I don't even get Mexican anymore. So I don't know what to say. It's kind of, it's different. It's definitely different. And I just shrug it off. It doesn't bother me at all. I kind of chuckle. It's kind of funny that they kind of assume that I'm Indian or Muslim or something else. And I, cause since I don't really identify the culture, I just, it, it doesn't really 
weigh on, on my shoulders at all. This is so much fun, but we're <laughs> running out of time, and, and I want to listen to you guys more. But you guys have any any final thoughts, kind of on the show? Just kind of what people should be looking forward to in the in the two other shows, and and kind of what you're trying to inform them about the Hispanic perspective. Well, I think uh, just not to forget about us. You know, we are here. We are our own kinds of people, but we definitely do feel the same way as any other person does with prejudices and um, stereotypes and you know um, it would be nice for people to recognize that we're trying to make an impact in our community and in this nation. I think like one key thing also to just remember is that there are different types of Hispanics you know what I mean like there's all whether it be shades like from like you know what I mean like whether it be like someone who's lighter complected to just um, more dark I guess I mean or different perspectives and just there's different types of Hispanics not just like your stereotypical whatever it may be yeah, yeah or the Arabic yeah. <laughs> I know I've learned that too actually people <laughs> have asked me yeah yeah, people think I'm Polynesian, and I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, <laughs> I will take that. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. There's not just one, you know, specific type. Oh, you're Hispanic, throw you over there. Oh, you're black, throw you over there. And I think that's something we all need to recognize is that we're all shaped by our different experiences and our different, you know, things that happen to us in our lives. And just because we are one race doesn't mean that's necessarily our culture. And I'll, I'll go a little bit different. Uh, we, we'll touch this on in the third episode, but we have really good food. Uh, we have really <laughs> good music. We just, it's just, it's a fun culture. And if you want to experience it, I, I really recommend it because like tacos are amazing. Burritos are amazing. <laughs> and, and if you don't really know a lot of Hispanic, just, you know, jump into a quinceanera. It's, it's a lot of fun. Oh. We're, we're a culture that, you know, likes to have fun and we're, we matter and people seem to forget that. So that's, that's how I'll leave the show. <laughs> he, he wanted to plug the tacos in the whole time. Yeah. He, he, he wants to talk about those there tacos. You um, you that know, was my objective. My final thought is something that Nicole kind of talked on and something that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said is that we're not supposed to judge others by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want people to really learn about this, the culture, uh, you know, the community of culture. Uh, you know, we've done the black perspective. We've done the gay perspective. Uh, we've done the feminist perspective. Now we're bringing the Hispanic perspective. And, you know, with Hispanic Heritage Month, I just really want people to learn and, and what better than learning from kids who are trying to find themselves and have lived it who else who else can tell the story maybe yeah older generation a little bit but we're living it now and mm -hmm. so i think that's that's a great thing to have uh you guys's perspective uh for us you can find us on the university star com ktsw.net and you can also tweet at us at university star or at ktsw um at KTSW News, excuse me, using the hashtag letter C, not S-E-A, but letter C of culture. Give us your comments, um, you know, and questions. We'd love to have them on the show. But for Otis Evergirl, Keith Ramirez, Olivia Garcia, Nicole Barrios, and Ray Leanos, I will see you fine folks later. Bye. <laughs>